Thank you. Let us turn to the word of God. God's love. God's love for Israel. This is the title of our message. Today's message comes from Romans chapter 9, verses 1 through 5. Romans chapter 9, verses 1 through 5. Please rise for the reading of the word of God. Romans chapter 9. Please follow as I read. I speak the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience confirms it in the Holy Spirit. I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, those of my own race, the people of Israel. Theirs is the adoption as sons. Theirs the divine glory, the covenants, the receiving of the law, the temple worship, and the promises. Theirs are the patriarchs, and from them is traced the human ancestry of Christ, who is God over all, forever praised. Amen. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of God will stand forever. Please be seated. Let us ask God, for the illumination of our text. Let us pray. With heads bowed and eyes closed, Father in heaven, we come before you once again. We come only in authority which have been given, that is, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And we pray, Father, that you would give us your spirit, that you would increase our capacity to listen and learn from your word. Increase our love, we pray, for your gospel message. Bless our listeners. We ask and we pray in the name of Jesus only. Amen. Now, last week, I introduced my message, and I must do it one more time just to refresh your memories. If you recall, several weeks ago, the title of our message was The Father's Love. Our topic was the enormous love of God for his people. I express that in Romans chapter 8, verses 31 through 39, Paul describes some key aspects of the love of God. Because God deeply loves Christians. Because God deeply loves Christians, God has rightly condemned all others. That is a sign, the sign that, that has been given to us. Also, God in his word has signified that because he deeply loves Christians, Jesus Christ has rightly judged us because he has been Assign the role of judge 
over all of us by the Father. Because God deeply loves Christians, Christians rightly love God. Now, like I said, that was three weeks ago. Last week, we began the message that we're, uh, that we're in right now. And the title is God's Love for Israel. This kind of makes sense. It comes right on the back of the hill of God's love for who? Children? For Christians. This message comes right on the back of the hills. What I mean by that, it comes right after our message, which was titled The Father's Love, which was really the Father's love for his people. The people of God. We're talking about in Christ Jesus. Now, but before God's, um, before the revelation of God's love for Christians, that is, those who are in Christ, united in Christ, there were others that were blessed by his, his, his sovereign love. And I gotta always qualify that love. This is no sloppy love. Now, <clears throat> I have to make that clear. God is not this far off being in heaven waiting for us to love him. God does not need our love. He does not require our love. I must make that clear. For some reason, though, I believe that many of us have gotten off track, are heading down a dangerous path, thinking that God is this far off being, this being that is lonely, this being that needs to be loved, and that he's waiting for us to love him. I'm here to tell you that's, that's a lie. It's a lie. We love God because he first loved us. It's that simple. It's very clear. The Bible is clear that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. Dead is dead. There's no way of coming back from, from death. Once death has had its grip, once death has had its way, there's no way of ever coming back outside of the will of God. Jesus, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, was raised from the dead by God. He was released from death by God. The, the scriptures is clear on that. So technically, he did not raise himself. He had to be raised by God Almighty. And now, don't get me wrong, Jesus is God, but he submitted himself to his God, which is, or I should say to himself, because that was his plan from all eternity. That was God's plan from all eternity, that the Son would die for the sins of many. Now you notice I didn't say all, but of many. Because we all are sinners. I'm going to stop there because I, I will definitely keep going. 
Now the topic of this message is Israelites, the elect of God in Christ Jesus. There is no elect outside of Christ Jesus. Let me make that clear. That's why I qualified that as well. The elect of God in Christ Jesus. Now, I propose that in Romans chapter 9, verses 1 through 5, Paul describes a few key aspects of God's election of Israel. Because God sovereignly loves Israelites. Sovereignly. Say sovereignly. Again, this is no ordinary love. Only God can sovereignly love someone. Why? Because he is the creator and we are the what? The created. We're created after his image. God has determined in advance to share with us certain attributes such as this, such as love with us. Now, so what does that mean? That means that we too, we have been created after his image and we too, like him, we love and we hate. Love and hate. Two, basically, some people probably would say or describe it as two sides of one coin. I'm not quite sure of that. I believe it's not, there's a thin line between love and hate. And sometimes I have to admit, because I am not, because of my finite being, what does that mean, finite being? Because I'm limited in what I can fully comprehend and understand, unlike God, I, I sometimes, I don't know where it begins and where it ends. And I think that's for most of us. But God is not like that. There's no confusion in God. Matter of fact, God Unlike us, his very nature, his very nature is love. The Bible is clear about that. And over, if I remember correctly, 1 Peter talks about God is love. Basically, what Paul or Peter is saying, the author is saying, he's saying, you know what? This is just who he is. He exists as the standard of love, the epitome of love. We can learn a lot from him, but we'll never be like him. How can we fully understand all this? Well, we can start by looking again at the following points, which some of them we've, we've already looked at. I'll make that clear up front. But we want to see that because God sovereignly loves Israelites, he hates particular Israelites. He hates particular Israelites. And point number two, we want to see that because God sovereignly loves Israelites, God has blessed particular Israelites. Point number three, we want to see that because God sovereignly loves Israelites, Christians rightly love some Israelites, a few Israelites' children. Very good. All Israelites. We, as later on I would, I would bring out, we don't have it like that. Meaning that we, we don't have it like God has it. 
We can't peer into the hearts, into the minds, into all his, history, redemptive his, history. As you know, we we don't have it like that. We can't we can't declare the end and the beginning. We can't determine the true heart of any individual. We just don't have that power. But God does. He knows all things. He sees all things. He's not all things, though. That's not me. I know some of you probably, oh, well, if he sees all things, he hears all things, let's give, it, let's give him more. He's all, he's all things. No, no, no. He's not all things. God is not the author of sin, for example. So, no, he's not all things. But he does know us. He knows us better than we know ourselves. The author of this text is Paul. You need to reiterate that. Apostle. He's apostle of Jesus Christ. What does apostle mean? Children? As an apostle, he's a ordained messenger. He's the messenger that has been chosen by God to bring forth this message. Paul wrote this letter under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. We believe and we trust that he is an agent of God Almighty, an agent of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so we believe that this word, that, that, that this letter that we have before us, it is, is authoritative. It has authority. It has weight. The same kind of authority that, listen, if you break the law in our country, in our nation, in this city, if you break the law and you receive a letter and on the top it says summons, guess what? You better respond. <laughs> it's that simple. Or another example, if you're traveling and if, you know, for most of us, when we drive, right, and behind us, the lights start going off and the siren starts going off. We must what? Stop. We must either we must either stop or pull over if we're driving safely, right, to the side of the road, because that that that's a sign that you know what we gotta obey. We need to obey, and it's the same way with this letter. We want to find out the will of God, and we don't want to only be just hearers of God's word, but we want to be what, children? Doers of God's word. Amen? Now, point one, I'm not going to elaborate real much on because I think I kind of did that in the beginning. But understand that God, he can choose to love as many Israelites as he wants and any Israelite that he wants. And because he... And because he can do that, and because he has done that, he has made that clear. He doesn't love all Israelites. There are a few that, there are not a few, but I said there are particular ones that he just don't, he has chosen not to, not to love as far as to show his eternal favor upon them. To give, to, 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 to bless them in a way that, again, would be, the, the the greatest and, and 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 the greatest blessing would be 
to be united with Christ. That would be the greatest blessing. But there are particular Israelites that he has not done that with. But does that mean that, and this is what really needs to be made clear, and I, you know, I don't think I made this clear last week, does this say that the Israelites have rejected God? Does this necessarily say that the Israelites have rejected God? And in, in, in one sense, yes, they have rejected God. But has God rejected the Israelites? No. Well, in another sense, yes, he has. He has rejected them. But he, has he rejected all of them? That is, the, that is the question, really, that Paul is grappling with. Has he, you know, because Paul probably, like, oftentimes, many of us who are Christians, we, you know, we, we're in families, we're in the church, and we see people who claim to be Christians. But oftentimes, we find out that they're not. Not oftentimes, but many times, sometimes. Not all of us. I don't think all of us have experienced that yet. But I do know that within my own family, there are, there are individuals who reject Christ. And I wonder sometimes, how can that be? How can they reject Christ and I receive Christ as my Lord and Savior? I, I grapple with that question. Why is it that not all of all of my family members. Why why they don't all receive Christ as their Lord and Savior? Well, it's it's not because God has necessarily rejected them. I don't know for sure, but I do know this that God has made it clear that there are certain individuals that He has in their sins left them in their sins. He has left them in their sins. Now, is this something that we should brag about or that we should glory in? No. And I want to make that clear. I don't ever glory in, 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 in the sin of no one. I, I would never encourage that. I would never encourage bragging about our salvation in, 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 in Christ Jesus, that we have not been left in our sins. I would never encourage it. And that's what I want to, you know, that's why I'm very careful about how I speak about this topic. I do, I do not want to leave any room for, for, for that, that kind of foolishness. It's just foolishness. You know, there's certain things that God has chosen not to reveal to us. I, you know, I don't know why. Exactly. He has, for example, and I'm just speaking now, I can only speak for myself in this sense. And I think for each and every one of us, we need to understand that there's coming a day. And that day is coming real soon. And I'm hoping for it real soon. And that is the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to this planet as we know it. This earth as we know it. I've got to make that clear because I think a lot of times ministers don't make it clear. That heaven is not our final resting place. It's not. Heaven was created by God for God and all his hosts, all his members. Now, who are his hosts and who's all his members? No, not necessarily. Right now, yes, in heaven, there are Christians in heaven with them. But that is not their final resting ground. Trust me. 
They're in heaven, they're hoping, and they're looking forward to what? The return of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because they know that in that day when the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ returns, they will be gathered along with all the other Christians, including those who are alive. They will be gathered, renewed. That is, their bodies will be united again with their spirits. Listen, the separation of the spirit from the body is not God's natural intention. Or I should say his first intention. His first intention is that we, be, that we are dichotomous creatures. We're created both body and soul. So now, I'm going off too far now. I don't want to get into that topic. But all I want to say is this. From all of that, from all of what was just said, that God has determined who he will save out of all sinful humanity. Because all of us is sin, all of us fall into that category. Humanity is sinful. It has fallen. But not all of us will be saved. I can't judge. I can't tell you who will other than I will tell you this much. A clear sign of your salvation is trust in Christ Jesus. Did, did you understand that? It's got to be Christ only. Christ alone. If you for any for if for, if for any reason you think that you should be saved because of your own righteousness because of what you have said, because of what you have done. You know, I hear a lot of from ministers, you know, open up your heart, your heart and receive the Lord Jesus. And all that. Listen, you can't do that. Only God can do that. You have not been given that that power. The Holy Spirit must come upon you. And the Holy Spirit only goes where the Father and the Son sends him. It's clear in Scripture. Enough. Now to point number two. And this is what we need to drive home here. Because God sovereignly loves Israelites, God has blessed particular Israelites. Now that made it clear that God, he can love. He, 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 he loves whom he chooses. It's that simple. Whom he chooses, that's those of whom he loves. And how he loves them has been revealed in scripture. That is, he pours out his blessings upon them. And oftentimes they come in multiple blessings. But you know what I've learned from my studies this past week? They all represent and signify only one true blessing. And who do you think that one true blessing is? Jesus, Jesus the Christ. The Messiah. The Savior. It, it represents Him. Listen. The Israelites were part of a rich and, and, and don't get me wrong, very, very powerful blessing. They're, you know, they're power, they've, been, they've been blessed beyond all others. That, that is clear. Throughout Scripture, we see that. We see that they were, they were that, that God freely blessed them. Because listen, He chose a nation that it was nothing special about them. <clears throat> Excuse me. As a matter of fact, 
the name Jacob, <clears throat> did you know the name Jacob means heel catcher? <laughs> oh, yeah. It means heel catcher. And the, and the word Israel means he, he strives with God. And you know what? It's so appropriate to what we see in Scripture, how Israel acts towards God. You know, I always wonder whenever I read, I don't know if you wonder this too, but it seems like they will be in the midst and they will actually see the miraculous power of God. And then, and, and, and it seems like within a fraction of a moment, they all of a sudden they just decide, you know what? This God is not real. <laughs> and I always, I always, that always blow me, blows me away. Because I'm thinking, you know what? They just saw God part the Red Sea, but now they are already going back to their old, sinful, and wicked ways. Does that sound familiar? That's like many of us, Christians. And that's why we can learn a lot from this, this study that I'm getting, I mean, we're getting ready to embark off on, and that is learning more about the Israelites. I want to encourage you to study the Israelites and study how God function and operate amongst them. For example, <clears throat> through adoption, let's go to Exodus chapter 4, verses 22. Exodus chapter 4, verses 22. Now, I just thank God for, for the Israelites. I thank God for Israel, Jacob, the hill catcher. You know, I've been studying his life, and it's just remarkable that God would bless an individual like Jacob. Because <laughs> he is, Jacob, from the very start, is very crafty. He's very, uh, you know, some of, some of his characteristics, uh, you know, you, you have to admire. I mean, even, you know, from our standpoint, we can't help but admire how he, how he functioned. And but, you know, clearly, clearly he is a fallen creature like like all of us. He's a sinful creature like all of us. But God has chosen to reveal in him his glories, his not his glory, but his glory, because God is one God. So he only has one glory, but we see it manifested in many ways. And so it's so much so that he has. Exodus chapter 4, verses 22, we'll see that he has made him a son. And again, there's nothing in him other than that which was given to him by God himself for him to, to, to pour out his blessings upon him like he has. Everybody there? Exodus chapter 4. I've got to get better at uh, marking my Bible so I can get there sooner. And so I need to ask the congregation to please forgive me. Then say to Pharaoh, this is what the Lord says. Israel is my firstborn son. And I told you, let my son go so he may worship me. But you refuse to let him go. So I will kill your firstborn son. Notice that. Notice how God called him son. 
Now, we know that God has a has a only begotten son. And who's that only begotten son? Jesus. Jesus is the only begotten son. So this can only mean that he adopted Jacob as his own. <laughs> and not only did he adopt it, adopt Jacob as his own, but all his descendants that, were, that came after him, he adopted them as well. And that's why we see in the book of Genesis, he, he changed his name to what? Israel. So this is who we're really talking about. We're really talking about Jacob, but we're talking about the descendants of Jacob. And that's why I call them the Israelites. The Israelites. And so um, God has blessed particularly Israelites. And this is one of them. Jacob. And then his descendants. To a point of where God, listen, out of Egypt, he gathered them. And he, and he, listen, the image that I get right now as a mother hen leading her chicks or, or a duck, a mother duck leading her ducklings to the water. You ever see that? Have you ever seen that? I've seen that many times. I've seen a mother duck lead her ducklings across a, a busy a busy, uh, not a freeway, but a busy road, busy enough that it was enough traffic, it almost looked like a freeway, and successfully do it, all of it. She would start, and those little ducklings would be right behind her. <laughs> you know? It's like they, they were drawn to her like a magnet, and they would travel right across, <laughs> right across the road. Cars, you know, every now and then the cars, you know, they would stop, but many of them just, you know, keep driving by or whatever. And I just thought, man, that's the most amazing thing. And that's how God led his people out of Egypt. He sent forth a messenger. And God, if you ever notice, he always operates like that. He sends forth one, one person, generally it's a man, and he anoints that man with the spirit. And he equips that man like Moses with the, you know, and, you know, Moses was like no other. God actually spoke to Moses. He actually spoke to Moses. That's the way the Bible describes it. And that's why you see in our passage, listen, let's go back to our passage now. You see Abraham bringing these things out. For example, in Romans chapter 9, it says, after, after God, I mean, after Paul basically poured out his heart, he opened up his heart, and he's like, you know what? Again, just like I was telling you earlier, he's, he's contemplating and wondering, you know, why God pick me, but he didn't pick all the other Israelites? Why are there, why are there certain Israelites that, that is clear are rejecting God? And then so, but... You know, he's like, you know, it don't make sense. It just don't make sense. But he, he goes on, he says, you know what? This is why it don't make sense. He says, theirs, that is the Israel, to Israel, to the Israelites, just like we, we saw, is the adoption as sons. Say adoption as sons. Theirs is the divine glory. Do you know that 
God actually appeared in many different forms to the, to, to the descendants of Israel, Israel, unlike he does with us. I mean, like, for example, he, he appeared to them in, cl in a cloud. The clouds. And he, he appeared to them in a, in a fiery cloud. And he actually led them through the desert in that form for a while. So can you imagine that? Wouldn't that be great, though? I mean, but, you know, for them, it was so awesome and so terrible that they were frightened by God. We probably be that way, too. So that's probably why he doesn't lead us like that. <laughs> you know, you know, here they are, you know, just like I gave you that 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 the image of the duck, the mother duck and the ducklings traveling along behind her as she goes across the busy freeway or traffic way. Same way with Israel. They're traveling through the desert. They don't know where they're going. They just know they got to follow this fiery cloud. Imagine that. <laughs> and, you know, I don't know about you, but if that happened to me, I would be like, you know what? That's got to be God. Because <laughs> that's not, that don't happen every day, right? When's the last time you saw a fiery cloud and you, you know, it's just actually, you can follow it and it travel. You know, again, this is what Paul, this is what Paul is saying. He's saying like, you know, it's like, Man, they've been given some some awesome things. God has God has blessed them abundantly. I mean, He picked them again. There were other nations, other nations that He could have chose from, but He picked them. They were not like this big, huge nation. As a matter of fact, they were slaves in Egypt. You know, and trust me, the Egyptians they thought about slaves. You know how they thought about slaves? Sort of similar, like how. Americans used to think about slaves. They were just property to be disposed of, to be used in any kind of way, you know. But God chose them. You know, and listen, people, we as Christians, we need to be thinking about this as well and applying it to ourselves. Because we know ourselves better than anyone else, don't we? I don't know about you, but I know that I am a wretch. I'm a sinful creature. And that I am in need of God's grace. And this is what we're talking about, the grace of God. That is, listen, the grace of God is this. First of all, it's a gift. And just like to, to, to the adoption of sons and all, this, all these things we see here listed off by Paul about the Israelites, there's the adoption of sons. That was the grace of God. There's the divine glory being led by the, the fiery cloud. That was, a, that, was a, that was the grace of God. <clears throat> The covenants God promised them that, listen, I, Jacob, will make you. And the same promise that he gave to Isaac and Abraham, I will make you a great nation, a nation that, you know, it's going to be it's, you're going to have so many descendants that you I mean, you look up at the sky. Can you count the number of stars in the sky? No, that's how many descendants you're going to have. That's a blessing from God. Notice this also over in, in verse 9. What else? How else did God show his love to them, these Israelites? The receiving of the law. Listen, the law was given to the Israelites. That was the will of God. That's basically, he's saying, you know what? I'm, I'm going to give you a piece of who I really am. I'm going to give you my mind, the, how I really think. That's the law of God. That's the blessing. That's the grace of God. Because listen, God could, God could, God didn't have to do that. Because we, according to the scripture, the wages of sin is what, children? Yes. 
They were deserving of death just like we are. But God said, you know what? Listen. Just like a, a loving husband has to do some time. He has to give, the, give his law to his, 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 his wife. God gave it, to, gave it to, to the Israelites as well. So that they could be in a right relationship with one another. So that God could love her or love the Israelites without, without unleashing his wrath upon them. It was for their protection. Listen, as a loving husband, I'm speaking to men. Sometimes we have to, we have to do that in our relationships with our wives. Because we don't want her to go off and harm herself or harm the family. I was, I, I, last night, I, I have to admit, I got bored. And, and oftentimes when I get bored, I, I just, I, you know, it's just really a sign of laziness. I got lazy and I went to a movie. And the movie was called Sutter, I think Sutter Island. Shutter. Is it Shutter? I messed that up. Shutter. That's how I am. I get so bored. I just pick something. That looks interesting. That probably calm my mind. But I went in there. I was completely blown away by that movie. Because in that movie, uh, I guess what ended up finally happening was that the, the mother had killed all the children. Three children. Three beautiful little children. And the father had to go into the water and grab these three children and gathered them up. And for that moment, I was thinking about, about, about my own children. It broke my heart. And I was just like, I was completely blown away by that. But I share that with you. I don't even know why I share that with you other than to, to, again, prove the point that you know, God's love, the reason why he gave the law, you know, that's why. God's love, he gave the law to protect them. To protect them. And, you know, you would think not only protect them from others, right, but also was to protect them from, from, from him. Because God is a holy God. And he expects for his people to be holy as well. And he's, he's trying to teach them. He's trying to instruct them. In, in, in a way that they could fully understand. Because listen, there were other nations, they were given laws too. So this was something they could relate to and should have been able to relate to. But of course, the law doesn't say, does it? The law only, according to the Bible, the law, the letter of the law is slaves. And it was given as a what? Remember we had this lesson? What was the law given for our children? Yes, it's given to be obeyed. And it's, it, it acts like a what? A taskmaster. Remember that? <laughs> Listen, for all my listeners out there, just get the law. I, I, I preached on that. Anyway, now, um, I, I, I don't want to keep going. I got so much here that I, don't even, I can't even go into it. But just know, know this. That's point number two. God has blessed particularly Israelites so so blessed them. He freely blessed them. Again, he didn't have to bless them. And that's the sovereign love of God. He freely blessed them. And you know, in so many ways, I'm learning that, you know, blessing, you know, a lot of times, like children, I, I have to do things to you. I have to say things with you. I have to do things with you that you know, a lot of times it's not easy for me. But I, I know that I have to do it. Because if I didn't do it, 
it would it would it would it would signify that I really truly don't love you. I have to discipline you sometimes. I don't like disciplining you. I'm talking to the children now. But I know that if I don't discipline you and I leave you to your own way, your own devices, you'll end up harming others and possibly even harming yourself. The love of God is not like that. That's why he, you see all these blessings there. I, I recommend you, 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 you go through there. He has blessed Israel with the covenants through the receiving of the law, through the temple worship. And, and listen, the temple worship, you can learn a lot from the temple worship. Check it out. Exodus chapter 12, verse 25, when you get a chance. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 2. He has blessed them through the promises. We see that in Luke chapter 1, uh, 54 through 55. Now I'm giving those because there, there are many listeners out there who are asking for more scripture from me. He has blessed them through the patriarchs on your own time. Romans chapter 11, verses 28. He has blessed them through the Messiah. The Christ came through them. This the Messiah. Listen, Mary was an Israelite. She, she's a descendant of the Israelites. Joseph was a descendant of the Israelites. Matter of fact, he was a descendant of David, which is, again, it was a part of the promises of God, that there would be a king on the throne of Israel for all eternity, and that king is Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 11, verse 28. And I recommend also, I just, uh, a friend of mine, he did, uh, he did a sermon this week, uh, Matthew, I think, uh, first chapter, second chapter, yeah, second chapter talks about that. Joseph, right? The Messiah. He was the stepfather. I know I was thinking for a moment, I was like, man, I'll, that would probably been pretty, pretty cool to be the stepfather of Jesus. He, he would have been on the basketball team for sure. If he was in the baseball team, he was in this family, right? <laughs> Soccer, he'd have been doing all that stuff. Go, where you go, boy. <laughs> Slam that ball. <laughs> you know, oh, man, that would have been amazing. But, you know, I'm just, I was just, I'm just kind of, you know, jokingly saying that because that was my friend. He did this sermon. You know, Joseph was a stepfather of Jesus, you know, right there in his home. The Messiah growing up in his home. That had to be pretty amazing. That had to be pretty exciting. I know because I, I, I get I get a, I get a lot of joy out of watching, you know, my children uh, compete and, and watching you guys learn. And I get a, I get a big joy out of it. I love watching you guys, you know. And I get, you know, it brings, it, it makes me proud when you guys do well, you know, it really does. So I'm sure Joseph was the same way, watching this, his stepson growing up, you know. It's like, oh man, this guy, you know, he's amazing. Blessed through the Messiah. Too many, too many. Just like, um, during the ancient church, it seems that the Israelites have rejected God. But, um, Paul would argue that this is not totally true. Israelites have not all the, you know, those Israelites who, who don't believe in Christ, they haven't, you know, in, 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 in some ways it would appear that they, they uh, have rejected God, but a lot of times God, through his sovereignty and whatever time, is, again, his time is his choosing. And when he wants to reveal himself, when he has declares to an individual that, you know what, you're my son, you're my daughter. That, that's his doing. That's his timing. So we got, we just got to trust that, you know, God is, he knows what he's doing, right? Amen? Mm -hmm. So that leads us into point number three. I'm going to close, 
close on this message, the gratitude of believers. And in this point, we want to see that because God sovereignly loves Israelites, Christians rightly love all Israelites. See, see, we as Christians, we we know ourselves. We should know ourselves. We know that we're sinful creatures and we know that we have received God's grace as his favor as a gift. There's nothing in us. And so we trust that, that too, that for the Israelites, God will do the same. That's what we have to trust. And that's what Paul basically is encouraging here. He's encouraging that, you know what? The right way of loving all Israelites is to pray for them. It's to pray for them. It's to pray that God would have mercy upon their souls. That God would save them and bring them back into a right relationship with them through Christ Jesus. The same Christ Jesus that, listen, Abraham believed in. Abraham has the same faith. And that's, listen, that's the kind of faith we want for the Israelites. Amen? We want salvation not for particular Israelites. We want salvation for what? All Israelites. Amen? Because we're thankful more than any of them, more than anybody else. We're thankful because we're thankful that through them, guess what? We have received salvation. It's, that, it's, really, it's really that simple. God used them to bring us into a right relationship with him. And that is through the son, who also Jesus is a what? Israelite. What tribe is he part of? Judah. Judah. He's come out of the tribe of Judah. That was, that was prophetic. It was, it had, he had to come out of the tribe of Judah. If he came out of the tribe of any other tribe, he wouldn't have been a Jesus. He wouldn't have been a Christ, I should say. So we want that for all of them. Amen? Let us close by remembering the following key points. Because God sovereignly loves the Israelites, he hates particular Israelites. It's, it's okay. Because that's God. He's got it like that. We, we can't argue. Who are we to argue with God? Who are we to, to say, oh, God, that's not fair. That's not right. Oh, I'm going to next week's message. Let's, let's keep on going. Because <laughs> and let us remember point number two. Because God sovereignly loves Israelites, God has blessed uh, particular Israelites. Is that simple? There's, you know, he has blessed them. He's blessed them abundantly, though. I mean, no doubt about it. <laughs> Read it. Check it out for yourself. And let us remember point number That's how God is. When he blesses you, boy, he pours it on. I mean... I can't tell you how many times I have to stop and I have to just say, you know what? Lord God, thank you. Thank you for your mercies. Thank you for your bless, your grace, your mercies, your blessings. I just sometimes I can't even take it. You know, I, I just have to just I, I get I have to fall on my knees because I'm so I'm just like it's too too much, too much to bear. And point number three, because God sovereignly loves Israelites, Christians rightly what children? Love God. No, Christians rightly love because God sovereignly loves Israelites. Christians love rightly love Israelites. some Israelites. All Israelites. A few Israelites. Particular Israelites. All means all. Amen. All right. Thank you. Please rise for the doxology.
God is good. Amen? Yes. God is good? Amen. All the time. Oh. Right? God is good? God is good? All the time. That's what I'm talking about. That's what, that's what I want to hear. Now to him who is able to keep and strengthen you according to the divine revelation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. According to the mystery that was kept secret for a very long time but has now been disclosed. And through the prophetic writings has been made known to all nations. According to the command of the eternal God to bring about the obedience of faith to the only wise God be glory and honor both dominion and power, both now and forevermore. Amen. God bless you. Please hug one another and have a nice day.